has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News and World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. Elvis Presley was the king of rock and roll and one of the most celebrated musicians of the 20th century. His death is still controversial. Was it drug overdose or a heart attack? The autopsy report declared cardiac arrest as the cause of death. But in fact, Elvis's medical history was complex and involved low back pain, headaches, joint and muscle pain, as well as traumatic brain injury and probably an autoimmune inflammatory disorder. Elvis constantly complained of aches and pains on stage and off, and was known to often say, Oh God, I hurt. Although his health deteriorated from 1974 until his death in 1977, he remained a cultural icon and continued to perform less than two months before his death. We're fortunate to have as our guests Elvis Presley's personal doctor, Dr. George Nicopolis, Elvis's lifelong friend, George Klein, and Dr. Forrest Tennant, pain specialist and addictionologist. Dr. Tennant was a defense witness for the criminal trial in 1981 of Dr. George Nicopolis and gained in-depth knowledge of Elvis's pain, drug addiction, and medical problems. We'll get an extraordinary opportunity to learn about Elvis's health, personal life, and legacy. We'll examine how Elvis's head trauma might have led to an autoimmune disorder and constant pain, much like fibromyalgia. And finally, we'll then explore how Elvis's predicament can be used to help others in chronic pain. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Purdue Pharma, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Atlantis Health Group, and Boston Scientific. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. If you have any questions or comments for Dr. Christo, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. And we're back. Dr. Forrest Tennant is an internist, endocrinologist, and addictionologist who specializes in the research and treatment of intractable pain. He's a former U.S. Army medical officer, public health physician, and professor at the UCLA School of Public Health. He's been the drug advisor to the NFL, the LA Dodgers, and NASCAR. He's also the editor-in-chief of the Practical Pain Management Journal. Dr. Tennant, welcome back to Aches and Gains. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. In another show, we had an insightful discussion about the pain President Kennedy suffered. And now I'd like to talk about Elvis Presley. Tell us how you got involved with his case. In the Elvis case, I was called clear back in around 1979 or so uh, by the attorney of Dr. George Nicopolis, who was Elvis Presley's physician. Uh And Dr. Nicopolis was being charged with manslaughter, Mm. being accused of uh, causing Elvis's death. And Mr. Neal, who had been the Watergate prosecutor, uh, 
became his attorney, and they contacted me because they needed an expert. And at, and at that time, I was studying opioids for both addiction and for for pain. Uh-huh. And I did a lot of forensic work at the time, so I was kind of a natural pick, I guess. Right. You know, uh, Dr. Nick was accused of overprescribing drugs to Elvis Presley, but at the same time, he had spent 11 years as Elvis's personal physician and, by other accounts, was a father figure to him and a confidant. Uh, Forrest, what was the outcome of that trial? In the criminal trial, Dr. Nicopoulos was acquitted, uh, found not guilty in a, in a very, very short time by a jury. Mm-hmm. And this didn't mean that his medical board had some exceptions to his care, but he was not a criminal. He had done the very best he could do in good faith to take care of Elvis. And the jury saw that, immediately saw that. And they also came to realize, even though we didn't have all the reasons why he died, it was very clear to them it was not the doctor's fault. Yeah. What uh, forest was Dr. Nicopolis, also known as Dr. Nick, prescribing for Elvis? And for what conditions? By the time he died, he did have uh, constant pain. Yeah. Uh, it was there every day, so... He had to have uh, opioid pain relievers. We didn't call them opioids in those days. We called them narcotics. Mm -hmm. But he also could not sleep at all, so he had to have sleeping medications. And those were the two major classes of drugs that were prescribed. There were different ones in each class, but those were the two major classes that he had to have. Yeah, I mean, I think there were about 10 specific drugs that were found in his blood uh, upon autopsy. What was Dr. Nick using the medications to treat? Uh, I think that he knew pain uh, was, was very much of what he had to treat. Yeah. And incidentally, he also did have significant bowel disease. Uh, and we now know that part of that was his autoimmune disease, but part of it may have also been due to his pain or due to the opioid drugs he had to take. Uh-huh. Um, and, and and insomnia. He, he frankly was unable to sleep in the last years of his life without medical help. Yeah, and we know that pain leads to insomnia, and insomnia worsens pain, and it sounds like Elvis suffered from extreme insomnia. Dr. Tennant, did you have a chance to talk to Dr. Nick about Elvis's health? Yes, I did, uh, on a number of occasions, uh, both at the trial uh, plus in later years. Uh-huh. And what is significant about that is that in those years, Dr. Nick could only do one thing, and that is treat the symptoms. He knew he had insomnia, he knew he had pain, he knew he had constipation, uh, he knew he had fatigue, he had headaches. So he could treat what today we would call the symptoms. Yeah. There was no realization that about autoimmunity, there was no realization about post-traumatic brain injuries, there was no realization about pituitary malfunction, right. and, and above all, very little uh, appreciation for autoimmune disease, although Dr. Nick, much to his credit, which tells you also that he was a very sophisticated physician of that day, did diagnose antitrypsin deficiency in him, which uh-huh. is a genetic disease, and, and, and clearly re- uh, associated a lot with autoimmunity. Mm-hmm. We have to take a break, but when we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Tennant about what Dr. Nick thought was going on with Elvis and why he had pain. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, the global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Teva, the leading global pharmaceutical company, committed to increasing access to high-quality health care 
by developing, producing, and marketing affordable generic medicines, as well as innovative and specialty pharmaceuticals. Atlantis Health Group. Atlantis is a comprehensive multi-specialty physician group committed to enhancing the quality and process of healthcare delivery across the country. Visit AtlantisHG.com. Welcome back. We're here speaking with Dr. Forrest Tennant, pain specialist and addictionologist, about the pain that Elvis Presley suffered during his life. To clarify, antitrypsin is an enzyme that protects the lungs. In Elvis Presley and others, uh, an antitrypsin deficiency can lead to emphysema or COPD, that is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, in adults. Forrest, what did Dr. Nick think was the source of Elvis's pain? He, he was uh, mystified in those years like I was too. Yeah. And that was Elvis would describe his pain as being all over. Mm-hmm. And he would have headaches. And, you know, today we physicians who hear a patient who says, I have pain all over, we automatically assume they've got something like fibromyalgia or myofascial pain syndrome. Exactly. Uh, we don't just write it off as psychogenic. We think usually in terms of fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. And much to Dr. Nick's credit, he knew Elvis very well and knew that Elvis was not one to, you know, just purely try to make up things. Uh, and, and he believed Elvis. Yeah. And that was uh, much to his credit. Yeah, my upcoming guest, George Klein, who was Elvis's lifelong friend, mentioned that Elvis really didn't share much about his pain or even his personal health. Did Dr. Nick mention anything about Elvis's low back pain and headaches? Yes, he did. Uh, the back pain was of great concern to him mm-hmm. because it seemed to develop uh, at some time primarily uh, in the 70s. Okay. Uh, at about the time Elvis was about 35 years of age, uh, give or take a year, and he knew about the back pain. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was very clear. She kept deteriorating. And this was very obvious to all parties that were connected to Elvis. The public didn't know this because the nature of the entertainment business is such that, you you know, they couldn't say too much about it. And they certainly didn't have a reason or or, or any understanding why he was so sick. But he clearly did. And there were many news accounts and staff said, this man is dying. But... We, we don't know why. Wow. You know, what do you make of the mystery surrounding his death? I mean, was it a drug overdose or a heart attack? He died clearly of, uh, of a heart attack. I mean, there was no question about that, uh-huh. uh, the way he fell. And we know his heart stopped. Okay. There was the issue, well, there must be a cover-up, uh, and it really was drugs that killed him. Um, and so at that time, it was there was quite a debate and a dispute even between toxicologic experts as to whether it was his heart to cause the death or was it his drugs. Yeah. We now do understand what happened. First off, he had a terribly sick heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, he it was dilated. He had terrible atherosclerosis. Yeah. So he clearly had inflammatory heart disease, and his heart heart was going to stop fairly soon. Uh, at some time. He was 42 years of age, but he was not destined to live uh, uh, very long, uh, certainly. We have to take a break, but when we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Tennant about why Elvis Presley was not destined to live too long. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Purdue Pharma, making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives, reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their homes. Boston Scientific, 
a leader in microelectric implantable technologies used to treat chronic neuropathic pain. Welcome back. Elvis Presley's autopsy declared the cause of death is cardiac arrest. Uh, he had a very large heart, and in medical terms, that's called cardiomegaly, and he had extreme atherosclerosis, not to mention the fact that there are about 10 drugs found in his blood on autopsy. So despite these multiple medical problems, uh, Forrest, was there something there or something not there that made you feel that he really was not destined to live very long? A lot of it was lifestyle, is believed. His uh, consumption of peanut butter, uh, bacon. Mm -hmm. One must remember, uh, it was about the time of Elvis's death that the Framingham study came out and said that, you know, if you eat all these things, you're going to have a short life. Well, yeah. back in his years, nobody knew that. Right, right. So uh, one must put all of this in perspective for what was medically known at the time. Now, his death is quite interesting. Uh, I went back and looked at his toxicologic findings. Mm-hmm. The other thing that we know about today are cytochrome defects. Yes. The day before his death, Elvis went to a dentist. Right. And by the way, cytochromes are the main enzymes that are found in the liver, uh, primarily involved in drug metabolism and drug activation. At Forrest, I read that Elvis went to a dentist and received codeine the day before his death. Now, in his medical records, Elvis was listed as having allergies to codeine, uh -huh. and we now know that most of that is where somebody takes codeine and they break out in the hives or itching or they swell right. because they have a defect in their metabolism known as a cytochrome defect. Mm -hmm. I went back and took a look, uh, and I could see that his codeine levels were something like 36 times the morphine levels, which means that there was a defect in his metabolism. Mm -hmm. And because there was a defect in codeine metabolism in Elvis, codeine levels in his blood were about 10 times the therapeutic range. And uh, in fact, you had access to all of Elvis's medical records for the because you were an expert for the defense case against Dr. Nick. Yes. And so I kept all his records and uh, toxicologic data for all these years. I didn't know what they meant till now, so I carefully stored them, uh, trying, assuming that, well, someday I may understand what happened to him. Yeah, I'm glad you did. And now let's talk about your theory with respect to traumatic brain injury in Elvis. What really was sort of the icing on the cake to help me understand what happened to Elvis were all of the studies now, including a lot of those uh, about the soldiers coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq, uh -huh. that traumatic brain injury sets up a process in which the pituitary may become deficient, and also this finding to where if you have head trauma, mm -hmm. you can fracture the what's called the blood-brain barrier, which is the lining, as you know. Well, it turns out that if the little particles of the brain, after injury, leak through that barrier, it sets up an autoimmune disease. Yeah. It's very clear to me that's what happened to Elvis. And even Dr. Nicopoulos and his staff realized that after that fall and that head trauma, he was never quite the same. Yeah, you know, uh, Forrest, it's pretty frightening to think that as we learn more and more about traumatic brain injury, that, that it can set up an autoimmune process. And it's believed then that in Elvis, that once that process occurred due to brain trauma, that the development of antibodies started attacking normal tissue randomly, things like the, his joints, eye, heart, and liver. And in fact, uh, he had several events of brain trauma, it sounds like, in the mid-50s, and then the one you mentioned was in 1967 when he tripped over a television cord and hit his head on the bathtub. He, he didn't just hit his head. He had a severe concussion to where he was out 
we, and no one knows whether it was an hour or two hours, but he was actually knocked out for a considerable period of time. Mm -hmm. They drove him back to Memphis by car, yeah. and he hallucinated the whole way uh, that he would stop at a pay telephone and call a disc jockey to play in the green, green grass at home wow. several times. Uh, he got back to Graceland in Memphis, went in, he uh, was hallucinating. He thought he saw his mother standing around there, and huh. he was quite disabled for the next uh, several days or weeks. We don't have a good accounting for how long his severe disability was acutely, but it did occur. And if you start taking a look at his history after that, within a year or two, he starts having these multiple medical problems. Mm -hmm. Ended up having glaucoma, couldn't see, and that's why he really started wearing those big glasses. Oh. They were specially made for huh. him. It, <laughs> it became a status symbol after a while, and still is. Yeah. But they were originally to help him see. Oh, okay. You know, uh, Forrest, it seems like he really then developed multi-system or multi-organ disease uh, from the development of autoantibodies. He had the classic autoimmune migrating disease. For example, his liver had problems at times, kidney uh, spine, uh, his back did, his colon, lung, heart, prostate. Uh, he had anemia, his stomach, he had synophilia, uh, at autopsy. In his lungs were some lymphocyte infiltrates, which is not normal. They were there because of the autoimmunity. And then I don't know why the pathologist decided to do this, but they took his gamma globulin levels uh -huh. and they were rock bottom. Well. So that really confirmed his autoimmunity. Right. So the confirmatory evidence that Elvis had an autoimmune disorder that you described are things like um, a high eosinophil count. Eosinophils develop in the blood from things like asthma, parasites, and autoimmune diseases. Lymphocytes are a type of white blood cell that were found in Elvis's lungs that shouldn't be there normally. And finally, hypogamma globulinemia represents low gamma globulins. The gamma globulins are proteins, a subclass of which are antibodies. So in Elvis, his antibody counts were low. Dr. Tennant, what's the current theory on why antibodies can cause pain? And number two, if a patient like Elvis has hypogammaglobulinemia or a low antibody count, what's the significance of that? These antibodies attack tissue. Mm -hmm. And when tissue is attacked, like a nerve, it causes pain. If you have low levels, you don't have enough normal globulins to heal. Yeah. And it turns out that when the gamma globulin tends to go down, you also tend to have abnormal gamma globulins, like the ones that will attack your own natural uh, tissues. Right. I must say that I'm tickled with this to be on your show, and I was tickled with this to write this, this article because I'm coming to the conclusion that autoimmune diseases are kind of epidemic in the country. Mm -hmm. We have to take a break, but when we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Tennant about the development of central pain in Elvis Presley. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Welcome back. 
We're speaking to Dr. Forrest Tennant, internist, endocrinologist, and addictionologist who specializes in the research and treatment of intractable pain. He's been the drug advisor to the NFL, the LA Dodgers, and NASCAR. He's also the editor-in-chief of the Practical Pain Management Journal. And we're speaking with Dr. Tennant about the autoimmune process that developed in Elvis Presley due to a series of head traumas. It's felt that that autoimmune process then led to the development of central pain, which is pain that emanates from the brain or spinal cord. Forrest, how do you define central pain? I have just written a definition for pain week. Uh-huh. Uh, so here's the Forrest Tennant definition. Okay. It may not be the best, but it's the one I'm using, and it goes like this. It is a focus or a central area in the brain that is inflammatory, mm-hmm. painful, and manifests by hyperarousal of the uh, sympathetic nervous system and the endocrine system. That's a great definition. Now, if we shift from the pathophysiology, or that is, what caused Elvis's pain, to what caused Elvis's death, we see that the toxicology report on autopsy showed 10 different drugs in his blood. I mean, drugs like codeine and morphine and, and Valium and, and some barbiturates. Uh, Forrest, were these given to him for pain? Most of them, I think of the eight or so that were in his body fluids at death, I think Dr. Nicopolis only prescribed, I think, three. Mm-hmm. I have been impressed, not just with Elvis, but with my own patients, that when severe central pain occurs, they become a panicked drug seeker in an attempt to treat symptoms that they themselves have a difficult time explaining. Yeah. But they're looking for something to try to get relief. Mm-hmm. And Elvis was a classic case. He, they say he knew the PDR better than we physicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who are, particularly if they're intelligent, uh, have a little medical knowledge, for example, they will literally try any drug they can get their hands on to try to treat their central pain. Right. It's a drive that I don't understand very well. I see it. And I think it's because we don't have any magic bullets, as we call them. We don't really have a that drug that we know is going to provide relief. You end up with a cocktail or a combination of drugs that, that you try to work with that includes, as you know, the antidepressants, the neuropathic agents, the opioids. We try a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Elvis was just smart enough to, and he didn't want to complain in some ways. Yeah. And all these drugs he took, I think that it's looked at maybe in, a, in too much of a pejorative way because he really was trying to treat himself, in my opinion. Right, exactly. You know, I, uh, Dr. Tennant, I also see patients with central pain and have noticed that frantic drive to treat the symptoms, to reduce the symptoms of pain that migrate throughout the body. It seems like the final opinion of Elvis's cause of death that was advanced by Dr. Davis in 1994 was that of a heart attack rather than a drug overdose. Well, that's what they thought. What we've seen today is people, it's, we physicians understand it, but we've done a very poor job of explaining this to the public. When we traditionally say it's a heart attack, uh-huh. we've traditionally meant that the coronary arteries had plugged up and in scientific terms, that's a myocardial infarct, but we would usually say heart attack. Right. What what happens with drugs so often is it's not a matter of the coronary artery shutting off and tissue dying. It's an interference with the electrical conduction of the heart, and we call that an arrhythmia. Mm-hmm. And drugs will do that, 
And therefore, an autopsy, you don't see any death, dying tissue or anything. It just has stopped. Yeah. And it can stop suddenly. And this is what happened to Elvis. Uh, we've had quite an epidemic of that in recent years to where people would take methadone along with some antidepressants and and this would occur. I'm glad you mentioned methadone because we have to be especially careful with its use, but also be aware that other drug combinations can be fatal as well. Please join us for the second half of our exclusive interview with Dr. Tennant, where we'll discover the real cause of Elvis's death. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.